What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Kaboom! If you thought four hours a day, 1,200 minutes a week was enough, think again. He's the last remnants of the old republic. A sole bastion of fairness. He treats crackheads in the ghetto gutter the same as the rich pill poppers in the penthouse. Wow. The clearinghouse of hot takes break free for something special. The Fifth Hour with Ben Maller starts right now. In the air, everywhere. Back at it. A brand new weekend is kicking off. It is the fifth hour with Ben Maller and Danny G Radio. We thank you for subscribing, downloading the podcast. Tell a friend, tell a friend. Available on demand, the iHeartRadio app worldwide. Wherever you get your podcast, you can listen to the show. And Danny, we are now into a brand new month. It's April Fool's Day. Perfect day today. We're not to April yet. We're very close to it, though. No, because like on on one side in the studio, I have the radio equipment, and then I have the podcast stuff over here, but they're both microphones, and I just start yapping. And anyway, all right. Well, well nonetheless, even though it is not April First, that was my early April Fool's joke. I, of course, Danny, as you know, <laughs> never make a mistake. Everything is done intentionally. Wrong. Professional broadcasting at its finest. Uh, that's how we roll. So we have the Skipper Ripper on today's podcast, Safari Kingdom, with a new added feature to Safari Kingdom. And <laughs> if we have time, pop. Get Clay Travis? No, 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 no. no. Again. I I want the record to show. I want the record to show there there is nothing. This is this is nothing to do with Animal Thunderdome. What is going on? Nothing at all. This is something totally different, and uh, and and really up an added feature and a great bonus to the podcast. Just amazing. Um, so, but we'll start with this. So, with Major League Baseball beginning, it was opening day yesterday. Did I get that right, Danny? Thursday. Yeah. Yes. Where are the applause at? There we go. Albert Hobart! I'll be here for the whole hour. 
or at least part of it. Uh, so, so baseball started. I love baseball. I did a couple of rants on the overnight show. We we did a couple monologues about baseball this week, which I loved. I enjoyed that. It was fine, great, wonderful. There is no better way though to celebrate baseball on this podcast than with audio gold. And if you know what I mean, maybe not. You might not know where I'm going with this, but if you've heard me yapping, and Danny, you know about this. We've worked together a long time. I love the post-game tirade. I love mascots and post-game tirades. They're my favorite. So I would like you, the consumer of this audio content, to settle in to the spit and sawdust pub. Inspired, this was actually inspired by something that happened on the overnight show leading into to opening day because we were yapping. I was, I was giving some thoughts on what I thought was going to happen in the baseball season. And if you, you didn't hear that, uh, Roberto randomly played one of the great post-game rants from Tommy Lasorda. And then that got me going. We played a couple other things. And that, I, I had this, this come-to-Jesus moment. I said, wait a minute. Like, we don't have the time on the radio show. We don't have the time to play all the rants. But on the podcast, we can. Now, the other thing, Danny, is you know that I do not do list radio because that would be wrong. Never, never. You you like to put your lists on top of Mount Rushmore. <laughs> I, I don't believe in that. It's lazy. I don't float on the lazy river. I believe in preparing and showing up and putting an honest effort in because you, you, the listener, spend time and I want to put my work in. So... We will not be doing a list, unfortunately. Uh, you call yours Mount Rushmore instead. No, no, no. We will not be doing a Mount Rushmore. Instead, we will have Benny's Big Board, which is not a list. It's it's something totally different. It's completely kosher. The Maller Militia love Benny's Big Board. The Maller Militia hate list radio. They don't like Mount Rushmore, but they love Benny's Big Board. What? It's an Etch-A-Sketch. Uh, it's 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 amazing. I'll show you what it is. I have uh, I have somewhere here. I have uh, I have this right. It, it's that right right there. You know, so you see the. Uh, oh, okay, it's like a a little dry erase board that probably usually says "Go pick up dog food." <laughs> yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah. So uh, this is going to be the quintessential big board starting out twenty twenty three. The greatest manager meltdowns in recorded audio history, in my opinion. In my opinion, these are my hot takes. These are not your hot takes. And you can add to this, Danny, as, as you're appreciative of the rant by managers as well. So settle back, get a big bucket of popcorn or whatever you're doing, and this is going to be out-of-this-world content. It is going to be a toe-tapping Good time. So we start out on Benny's big board. We have a six-pack, a six-pack. And there were so many that did not make the cut that ended up on the cutting room floor. But number six, number six, uh, we start out in Chicago with the White Sox. Let's go back in the hot tub time machine. We're going to set the year to 2008. The Chicago White Sox are managed by a fiery guy by the name of Ozzie Guillen. He had played shortstop in Chicago. Oh, Mike North's best friend. Hey, Toadstool. Yes, uh, Ozzie 
believed that he was better than all of the media and loved to loved to screw around with the baseball media and Mike North as well. So this is one of many rants that we could have used. I would have put this higher. Unfortunately, uh, you know, Ozzy, Ozzy was ranting and raving. Some of it is hard to understand. Some of it is not the easiest to understand. Uh, but listen closely. This is Ozzy Yandick. The White Sox were on a six-game losing streak. Ozzy was very upset with the way the media was handling things and the way that the fans of Chicago were handling the White Sox for play. So let's go to the audio tape. Here's Ozzy Guillen pregame ranting about the media and the fans. Oh, right now, everybody. No, but everybody in Chicago is trying to make a line noise and call this guy and call that guy. I mean, uh, we got 50 people in the roster that we can do that. I mean, that what teach me something about Chicago fans and Chicago media. They forgot pretty quick. A couple days ago, we was in the town. Now we're busy. Do you, do you that's, 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 I don't get it. What do you, why do you think that is with Because maybe the match is a The guy can be that way. You know what I mean? But golly, Jesus. What what will it take for people to erase 2007 out of their minds? Winning. Winning. We win a couple of years ago, and we all because even we home in 20 years, they have the best. Okay. We good. Everybody, we hold. We're gonna be holding all the life. No matter how many wars we win, we hold. We are the of Chicago. We Chicago. We got the worst owner. The guy got seven rings, and we are the whole owner. Is, is, I mean, is that something that the guys are... No, he's kind of got a guy. That's something that uh, talked about it for years. That's, that's a, a, you know, it's, 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 the, it is, it's, it's, a, it's the way it is. It's not doubt about it. It's the way it is. It's like you play New York or you play team with two, you know, city with two couple of teams. But, wow, you know what I mean? I, I, I don't know what we should do to make people believe or be excited about it. Yeah, I, I, you know what I mean? It's been a couple of years and... And, you know, I mean, well, I don't know what what to say. You know, in 2006, we got a good year. In 2007, we got a really, really bad year. And I, we never deny it. We never did. We never did. We celebrate. How about the cup celebrating? Lee Ely, a bull. How many times I curse people out? I know I don't have, have any. I will make a lot of money with my. That's why I, I, I got to keep going because I know in the future, Ozzy will need more to say, here, just 10 years anniversary of my. I'll call. Moriarty stuff, and uh, I call, what's the guys in the team, in the radio? Uh, I coached him out last year. Oh, Mike North. Yeah, you know, and we got to celebrate all that <laughs> too. <laughs> well, you know what I mean, White Sox, I'm not going to be here for 10 years, believe me. My shit, my country is gone, uh, uh, believe me, I'm not going to be with that for 10 years. I don't know about that. I don't know about that, but, you know I me, mean? hey, man, we, I don't know why people's panicking. You know, we, we play... Real bad week, yes, we did. We stunk for uh, for a week. Yeah, I mean, but uh, you know, what I mean, don't too far ago, we was a surprise of baseball, the best thing out of the game. Wow, look at the white side. Now, all of a sudden, all right, there we go, back to back to normal. Well, we got to deal with it. There's nothing we can do about it. The London 25 guys, I believe we can do. That's all I care. Everything out is like, hey, that was that was enjoyable. And there's a theme to this list, there's a lot of 
A lot of Chicago. There's a lot of Chicago on this. Ozzy, his most famous rant was to a magazine when he got hired as the Marlins manager and proceeded to endorse Fidel Castro. And uh, that that went over very well. We don't have audio because there's no audio, as I know, that exists of that, that rant by Ozzy again. Moving on to number five on Big Ben's big board, we go to the heartland of Kansas City. And this is a classic. I believe this is our only rant from the 1990s that made Big Ben's big board of manager meltdowns. But number five is Hal McRae. Now, I'm going to paint the picture, Danny. This happened Ooh. in 1993. Mm-hmm. Hal, Hal McRae is in the manager's office there. The, the Royals, I believe, are on the road. He's wearing long john pajamas, like like uh, you know, he, like he's ready to go to bed, and he starts getting more and more worked up with the way the questions are coming from the Royals beat writers. It ends up with him throwing a phone. Now, what you can't see on this, and this is the part we have to describe for our blind listeners, especially blind Emmett, the the Seahawk fan, and blind Scott. So. During this rant, all of the reporters that are in the Royals manager's office, Hal McRae, they all leave the office. So what does Hal McRae do? He follows them out into the hallway because he's not done with his rant, and he said he was sick and tired of the stupid questions. Let's go to the audio tape. Hal McRae with a masterpiece. Where, uh, all I had to go after him was all right. And our lefts were swinging the bat, bats well, so I wanted my left-handed hitters to hit. Did you consider uh, Brett for Miller with the bases loaded in the seventh? No, no, game? don't ask me all these stupid-ass questions. No. And in the... God, all these stupid-ass questions every night. Find the that I hit Brett for Miller. Miller started the game. He's playing against left-handed... Pitchers, Brad is not playing against stuff in the pitchers. Why the f that bat for fuck Miller? You think I'm a goddamn fool? You tired all these ass questions every night. And stay out here and ask all these dumb ass questions. Stupid, stupid, stupid. Suffer. Ask me that stupid ass sh every motherfucking night. Stupid ass shit. I'm not taking no sh off. You guys are not taking no shit off the players. I'm sick and tired. I'm fed up with everything. No shit from you guys. No shit from you players. And they can do any thing they want to do. I'm sick and tired of all this bullshit. Now, put that in your pipe and smoke it. <laughs> what are the reporters hit with some of the shrapnel? Yes, yes. That That's a great point. We should follow up as this is the quintessential 2023 manager meltdown rant, Benny's Big Board. So one of the writers was hit right above the eye. And if I remember the story correctly, he actually had a pretty serious injury because when you say throw a phone, today people think of a cell phone. This was one of those big old school landlines they still used in the in the early 1990s. So Hal McCray, those, those things were heavy. They were, they were like little bricks, not even that little. So Hal McCray coming in at number five. 
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, number four is our first surprise on Big Ben's big board and we go to seattle the seattle mariners getting a little love on this and we welcome in john mclaren john mclaren do you even know about this right i think you know about this right you, you we played this when you were there right yeah yeah i've played this on your live show yeah so i consider this the swiss army knife of post-game rants not just in baseball but in any sport to set this up, John McLaren was very unhappy. This goes back, I want to say this happened in the early 2010s, like 2011, 2012. I'm not 100% sure on that. We'd have to go back and double check. But nonetheless, it doesn't matter when it happened. It's been over 10 years. So John McLaren was unhappy. The, the team was not playing well in Seattle. The media was down on the Mariners. They were disparaging the team, the fans. 2008, Big Ben. Oh, is it even before? Okay, so it's been 15 years. I didn't realize it had been that long. So uh, this happened, and Ozzie Guillen both happened in 08. Who knew? So John John McLaren, the manager, was upset, and he was trying to defend his team. He gave one of the greatest rah-rah speeches of all time. Take a listen to the passion from John McLaren. We're playing our ass off every day and got nothing to show for it. I'm tired of losing. I'm trying to get my ass beaten. So are those guys. We're going to change this around and get after it. And only we can do it. The fans are pissed off and I'm pissed off and the players are pissed off. And that's the way it is. There's no easy way out of this. Can't feel sorry for ourselves. Got to buckle it up and get after it. Tired of damn losing this 
every night and we bust our ass. It's got to be a total team effort to turn this thing around, and that's it. The thing about that, Danny, hearing it again. <laughs> I love that. The, the, the reason it's the Swiss Army knife is because McLaren does not reference the Mariners. He doesn't reference Seattle. He doesn't reference any of his players or any coaches, any of the other players, any of the other coaches. He doesn't name anything. It is so generic. He doesn't mention baseball. We have used this as a Swiss Army knife. Anytime a team is struggling, we're like, I really want – I think that – like, let's just pick a team. Like, the, the, the Patriots are struggling. Bill Belichick really lit into his team. Here's sound of Bill Belichick complaining about his team. And then – and there you go. It works for everything. It's a Swiss Army knife of rants. So, congratulations to John McLaren and the Mariners. Good job. Coming in at number four. Number three, a bit of a surprise. A lot of people thought this would be higher. This guy would be higher. Tommy Lasorda. Thank you, Jesus! He had a couple of the best rants in the history of rants. Yeah, Tommy is great. It's the, And, and I, I knew Tommy a little bit, passed away a while back. Uh, not that long, actually. But he actually makes – there's a double dose of, of Lasorda here. There's two of these. And the only reason that Tommy's not number one or number two is because – it's like top 40 radio, Danny. I've heard these so many times over the years. I'm a little I'm a little burned out on them. You know what I mean? It's like hearing a song featuring Akon. <laughs> it's just I, I, they're, they're burned into my head. So the most famous Lasorda rant, which is his gold standard, his masterpiece, was about Dave Kingman's performance. This comes from 1978. It was May 14th, 1978. Dodgers playing the Mets at Dodgers Stadium and Dave Kingman hit not one, not two, but three, three home runs. And that led to Paul Olden asking the most famous question ever asked to Tommy Lasorda. Can you give us just a few basic comments about your feelings on the game? Well, naturally, I feel bad about losing a ball game like that. There's, uh, there's no way you should lose that ball game, and that uh, just doesn't make sense. What's your opinion of Kingman's performance? What's my opinion of Kingman's performance? What the f- you think is my opinion of it? I think it was f- put that in. I don't f- opinion of his performance. F- he beat us with three f- home runs. What the f- can you mean? What is my opinion of his performance? How can you ask me a question like that? What is my opinion of his of, of his performance? He hit three home runs. I'm off to lose the game, and you ask me my opinion of his performance. I mean, that's a tough question to ask me, isn't it? What is my opinion of his performance? Yes, it is. I ask it, and you gave me an answer. Well, I didn't give you a good answer because I'm mad, but I mean... That wasn't a good question. That's a tough question to ask me right now. What is my opinion of his performance? I mean, you want me to tell you what my opinion of his performance is? You just did. That's right. Guy hits three home runs against us. Uh, (laughs) That is... Oh, that's a fucking good time right there. 
That is. And Danny, I'm happy to report that I have met the great Paul Olden. He's an L.A. radio legend, and he has been the public address announcer. The man that asked that question has been the public address announcer for the New York Yankees for many years now. He was the Super Bowl public address announcer. He's done play-by-play for multiple major league teams over the years. Paul Olden is his name. We have a mutual friend, the, the great Ted Sobel, who used to work at Fox Sports Radio, is friends with Paul. Yeah, I know Ted. Yeah, so they work together. So I have met Paul Olden, and uh, he's he went on and had an amazing career, which is continuing to this day as the his sole job. He gets paid a great amount of money to be the public address announcer of the Yankees. It does, he goes to Florida for a month, does spring training, and then he does the six months during the baseball season, but only when the Yankees are at home, and that's it. That's his gig. That's all he does. How great is that? What a life. Yeah. So that's not the main Lasorda rant that I love. My favorite is this next rant that we're going to play on Benny's big board. Tommy Lasorda coming in at number three. And that is all about Kurt Bavacqua of the Padres. (laughs) So the Kingman rant was from 1978. This one's from July 1982. And the Dodgers had a pitcher named Tom Needenfuer. Piece of crap. Yeah, he's most famous for serving up a meatball to Jack Clark. And Pedro Guerrero slamming his glove down in the outfield. Yeah, yeah, in the 1985 National League Championship Series. But this is 1982, and didn't Needenfewer marry like a Hollywood starlet or showgirl or something like that, if I remember correctly? Anyway, it doesn't matter. I don't know. I hope she abused him, though. (laughs) So Needenfewer was fine. This is hilarious. 1982, he was fined $500 for beaning a San Diego player named Jim Lefebvre who would go on and manage in the big leagues. So this is just a random game. Needenfuhr gets fined. The next day, his teammate, Kurt Bavacqua of the Padres, was quoted in the newspapers as saying, the guy they should have fined was the guy who ordered Needenfuhr to throw at Joe, that fat little Italian. That was the that made the newspaper, Danny. Oh man! Imagine if that happened today. Holy racist! God. Racist! Right, right. I mean, you can't do that. And fattest. But Bavakwa did it, and then what do you think happened the next day? The reporters pregame asked Tommy Lasorda. They said, "Hey, Tommy, Bavakwa <laughs> called you a fat little Italian. What do you think about that?" And Tommy Lasorda went full Hindenburg on Kurt Bavacqua and the Padres. And to me, this is the the greatest Lasorda rant of them all. And here it is. Tell you what I think about it. I think that is very, very bad for that man to make an accusation like that. That is terrible. I have never, ever, since I've managed, ever told a pitcher to throw at anybody nor will I ever. And if I ever did, I certainly wouldn't make him throw at a fucking 130 hitter like Lafay or fucking Bavacqua who couldn't hit water if he fell out of a fucking boat. 
And I guarantee you this, when I pitched, and I was going to pitch against a fucking team that had guys on it like Babakwa, I sent a fucking limousine to get the cocksucker to make sure he was in the motherfucking lineup because I kicked that cocksucker's ass any fucking day in a week. He's a fucking motherfucking big mouth, I'll tell you that. <laughs> Padre's organization to yeah. this day has never recovered. That line, Bavacqua couldn't hit water if he fell out of a fucking boat, is one of the all-time great lines that Lasorda has used. And he used the classic, I'd send a limo to the, you know, to pick that guy up. And, oh, it's hilarious. And I would like to pass on, I, I, I've mentioned this in the past, but the, the late, great Joe McDonald, who was an L.A. radio legend and was a friend of mine, and Joe was inside all the Dodger you know, locker room and events from the 70s through the 80s and the 90s, and he... He saw and did it all in that era when Lasorda was there. And he told me, and several others have confirmed it, that the greatest rants by Lasorda, most of his great rants were not even recorded by microphones. That's how prolific Lasorda was because after the the Kingman and the Bavacqua, he would check to make sure people did not have a radio microphone. He would do it for the for the writers sometimes, but when the radio guys were around, he would he would slow his roll. So it had to be one of those little handheld recorders, right? Yeah, yeah, one of those little uh, tape recorders, the the uh, cassette tape thing. So moving on, Benny's big board. This is we're honoring baseball's opening day. You have tuned into the quintessential, the quintessential big board greatest manager meltdowns. In my opinion, this is my list. It's not mm. your. This has been a great Mount Rushmore so far. No, 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 no Mount Rushmore. No, no, we don't believe in that. That's lazy podcasting. So number two, we had an amazing, amazing library of audio clips from this guy to choose from. He is the former manager, and I believe he's in the Hall of Fame, Earl Weaver. Earl Weaver coming in at number two, a couple of classics. We had many to choose from, like I said. The first one that made the cut Earl Weaver. This goes back. I believe it was the late seventies, early eighties. I don't know the exact date on this one either, but Earl Weaver got into it during an Orioles Tigers game with Bill Haller was the name H A L L E R not Maller Haller, Bill Haller. And at the beginning of this clip, you'll hear Eddie Murray at the start. And then Earl Weaver enters, he comes running in. He's a very small man, Earl Weaver. He's an old man at this point. He runs over, and he wants Bill Howard, uh, Howler to know how he feels. And let's just say Earl does not, does not pull punches. Uh, let's go to the audio tape. Behind the rubber. Behind the rubber. He's got to go behind. He did not go behind the rubber. He did I'm glad you hit me. I'm glad you hit me. You're here for one goddamn specific reason. 
What's that? that? Oh. Jeff, fuck us! Oh, you're full of shit. Fuck you. Damn years and years. And don't you ever put your finger on me again. You hit me, Earl. You put your finger That's on okay. me. That's okay. I didn't. You ain't gonna knock nobody on their ass. You do it again and I'll knock you right in your nose. I didn't touch you. You pushed your finger. I did not. No, you're, you're lying. Goddamn you're it. lying. No, you are. You are lying. You're a big liar if you can. You are a liar, Earl. You are a liar. You Now this one, Danny, the my favorite line when Earl comes out, the first thing he says to the umpire, that guy Bill Howler is, "You are here to fuck us." That is hilarious. <laughs> and, and then at the end of it, you heard Danny, the umpire, he responds to one of the lines that Weaver says. The umpire shoots back. He says, uh, yeah, you're going to be in the Hall of Fame for fucking up the World Series is what he tells Earl Weaver on the field. It was <laughs> it was outstanding. Uh, just just wonderful. And uh, I love it. Loved it, loved it, loved it. All right, moving on. We'll stay with Earl Weaver. And this is the main reason Earl Weaver is at number two, not Tommy Lasorda. It's the manager's corner pregame show for the Orioles radio network. And Earl Weaver sat down with the one of the Oriole broadcasters and delivered one of the funniest couple of minutes you will ever hear from a baseball manager. And let's go to the audio tape. And now to the manager's corner with Earl Weaver. Hi, everybody. This is Earl Weaver with Manager's Corner. Today, I have Tom Moore, Oriole broadcaster, back on the show. And I understand understand Tom's been getting some mail uh, with questions that supposedly I can answer. Now, what the fuck are some of these goddamn questions, Tom? Well, first of all, Earl, George Moore from Baltimore is asking how much we feel the loss of uh, Don Stanhouse. Well, St- Don Stanhouse was an asshole. He had us in trouble, had the fucking bases loaded. God damn it, almost every fucking time he went out there, he liked to ruin my health smoking cigarettes, and thank God we got Timmy Stoddard coming in out the bullpen right now, sticking a bat up their asses, and that's what it takes. Well, Bill Whitehouse, Earl, that, that certainly is an answer. 
from uh, Frederick, Maryland, wants to know why you and the Orioles don't go out and get some more team speed. Team speed, for Christ's sake. You get fucking goddamn little fleas on the fucking bases, getting picked off, trying to steal, getting thrown out, taking runs away from you. You get them big cocksuckers that can hit the fucking ball out of the ballpark and you can't make any goddamn mistakes. <laughs> well, well, certainly this show is going to go down in history, Earl. Terry Elliott of Washington, D.C. wants to know why you don't use Terry Crowley as a designated hitter all the time. Well, Ter Terry Crowley's lucky he's in fucking baseball, for Christ's sake. He was released by the Cincinnati Reds. He was released by the fucking goddamn Atlanta Braves. We saw that Terry Crowley could sit on his fucking ass for eight innings and enjoy watching a baseball game just like any other fan and has the ability to get up there and break one open in the fucking ninth. So if this cocksucker had mind his own business, and let me manage the fucking team, we'd be a lot better off. Well, well, certainly you've made your opinions known on the fans' questions about baseball, Earl, but let's get to something else. Alice Sweet from Norfolk wants to know the best time to put in a tomato plant. Alice Sweet ought to be worried about where the fuck her next lay's coming from rather than where her next goddamn tomato plant's coming from. If she'd get her ass out to fucking bars at night and go hustling around the goddamn street, she might get a prick stuck in her once in a while. I don't understand where these questions are coming from, Tom. That's about it for managers corner go fuck yourself in the fuck with your show coming up next on the baltimore oreo baseball fucking network the manager's corner with earl weaver is heard 20 minutes before every orioles regular season game oh, man <laughs> I, I, I guess we should point out danny this did not actually air that never actually aired on the Baltimore Orioles baseball fucking network. It why? <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know why. Uh, uh, he had a couple of brilliant lines. This was as good as some of the all-time great comedy rants. You think of historically Abbott and Costello, things like that. But Earl Weaver, when he said Dan Don Stanhouse was an asshole, one of his former players, he said Terry Crowley is lucky he's in baseball. He can sit his fucking ass for eight innings, just like any other fan. Uh, <laughs> and, and then the, the end of that, Danny, when he's talking about the tomato plants. Oh, my God, is that hilarious. Alice Sweet from Norfolk and the tomato plant. That's a 10. That's a 10. That's a 10. When did Weaver pass away? He actually died on a Baltimore Oriole fan cruise. They, you know how they have those fan cruises in the office? Yeah. Yeah, he passed away on a cruise ship. Oh, damn. Yeah. If I remember correctly, I believe that. What a way to go. Yeah, you're right. At the Caribbean Sea, it says 2013. Yeah. Fortunately, they did not dump him overboard. They actually took him back for a proper proper burial. But Earl, what a fiery man. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. 
And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The number one, number one. Number one. Number one on Big Ben's Big Board. Not a list. Not a list. Number one on Big Ben's Big Board. Well, this one is, this is Picasso. This is Rembrandt. Uh, this is the greats. This is Venici. Uh, <laughs> what's the guy's name? I can't even think of the guy's name, Danny. What's the guy's name? Uh, Beethoven. Beethoven. Whatever the hell it is. This is great. So the dog we, Beethoven. So we go now. Back to Chicago. We started Big Ben's Big Board in Chicago. We go back to Chicago. Lee Ilya. Oh, yeah. Lee Ilya is the man's name. It is the Secretariat of Manager Meltdowns. In my life, no one will ever pass this by. Lee Ilya broke the cardinal rule of business. You never attack the customer. The customer is always right. This was... Recorded by the late, great Les Grobstein in Chicago. I was lucky enough to meet Les Grobstein. Very happy about that. And uh, Les also passed away not that long ago. But Les was the only radio man that had a microphone in the room. This is April 29th, 1983. The Cubs are out of the gate slow. First 19 games, the Chicago Cubs were 5-14. and 14. The fans were razzing the players at Wrigley Field. <laughs> the, the Cubs had just lost a game to the Dodgers. They lost. The Dodgers beat them on a wild pitch by Lee Smith. And the, the Dodgers scored the winning run. And so, needless to say, the Cubs were in a bad mood. And then after the game, this is so long ago, the the, the clubhouses for, the, for the, the teams were out in the outfield. So the Cub players had to walk out to left field because that's where the clubhouse was, out in left field. And after the game, fans were pouring beer and other f- food items, trash, on Keith Moreland, Larry Boa, and Ron Say. So they were just throwing all this crap and beer on these guys. And Lee Ilya was furious. He found out about it, and he was having none of it. And that provided us with this audio poetry number one, Lee Ilya. I'll tell you one fucking thing. I hope we get fucking hotter than shit 
just to stuff it up them 3,000 fucking people that show up every fucking day. Because if they're the real Chicago fucking fans, they can kiss my fucking ass right downtown and print it. They're really, really behind you around here. My fucking ass. What the, what the fuck am I supposed to do? Go out there and let my fucking players get destroyed every day and be quiet about it for the fucking nickel-dime people to show up? The motherfuckers don't even work. That's why they're out at the fucking game. They only go out and get a fucking job and find out what it's like to go out there and a fucking living. 85% of the fucking world's working. The other 15 come out here. The fucking playground for the cocksuckers. Rip them motherfuckers. Rip them cocksuckers like the fucking players. Got guys busting their fucking ass and them fucking people boo. And that's the Cubs? My fucking ass. They talk about the great fucking support that the players get around here. I haven't seen it this fucking year. The name of the game is hit the ball, catch the ball, and get the fucking job done. Right now, we have more losses than we have wins. The fucking changes that have happened in the Cub organization are multifold. All right, they don't show because we're 5-14. and 14. And unfortunately, that's the criteria of them some 15 motherfucking percent that come out to date baseball. The other 85% are earning a living. It'll take more than a 5-13 and 13 or 5-14 and 14 to destroy the makeup of this club. I'll guarantee you that. There's some fucking pros out there that want to fucking play this game. But you're stuck in a fucking stigma of the fucking Dodgers and the Phillies and the Cardinals and all that cheap shit. All these motherfucking editorials about say and fucking uh, the Phillyitis and all that shit, it's, it's sickening. It's unbelievable. It really is. It's a disheartening fucking situation we're in right now. Five and 14 doesn't negate all that work. Got 143 fucking games left. What I'm trying to say is don't rip them fucking guys out there. Rip me. If you want to rip somebody, rip my fucking ass. But don't rip them fucking guys, because they're giving everything they can give. But once we hit that fucking groove, it'll flow. And it will flow. The talent's there. I don't know how to make it any clearer to you. I'm frustrated. I'll guarantee you I'm frustrated. It'd be different if I walked in this room every day at 8.30 and saw a bunch of guys that didn't give a shit. They give a shit, and it's a tough National League East. The thing about this, Danny, which is wild to me, is Lee Ilya was fired as Cub manager. This happened April 29th. You know when Lee lost his job? Let me take a guess. Mm, a month later. No. How about August? He wow. Through May, June, July, three more months, and then in August of 1983, for reasons completely not related to that clip, because it was never broadcast, at least not the full rant, uh, and and he was let go because the team was not playing well and the Cubs did not play well. But Lee Ilya actually survived. What was his math there? Oh, the eighty-five uh, percent of the world's work, and the other fifteen percent come out here. It's a playground for the blank blanks. Take that for data. <laughs> go out and get a real job, and I'll go out and get a real job, and all, all that nonsense. Blank my blank and blank you.
Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So that is Big Ben's big board. Uh, thank you for putting up with that. And uh, the, the the bad news is that are you one- kidding? That's going to be the best thing that I've heard all week. All right. No, it's 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 wonderful. So yeah, why, why don't you want to do the Safari Kingdom? Or you want to push that to the the uh, the, the Saturday podcast? We we can do a little Safari Kingdom. If you want? You want to do? Yeah, it? yeah. We could fit Safari Kingdom in here. All right, let's do it. And it is now an official bit, Danny G. As you know, our man Ohio Al has come through. We've got a very little jingle, a small jingle, the work of Ohio Al, and here it is. It's time for Ben Maller's Safari Kingdom with Danny G Radio. All right. And look at that. We just got a cease and desist from Clay Travis. <laughs> no, this is not. This is not. Uh, and Thunderdome. There's no Thunderdome. This is something completely different. I'm sure that'll solve it. Uh, this is Safari Kingdom. And uh, these are a few animal stories. Why not? People love animals. And these are animal-related stories. And sometimes they're bugs. Sometimes they're animals. Uh, everyone loves their dogs. And Prada, the highfalutin brand Prada, has decided that they would like to take advantage of rich people that have a lot of extra money as they have debuted a brand new dog coat inspired by high fashion human designs. Hmm. And they are selling a dog coat for $795. Oh, get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Anyone that buys that should be sentenced to some kind of public service. $795 for a fucking dog coat. Are you kidding me? Come on. Yeah, that's how much the purebred mutt cost. Oh, it costs more than that now, man. Some of these. No, I, I, I know. If you get a good deal on one, <laughs> you know, without papers, you know somebody. That's wild. How about this story out of Missouri? A woman is being forced to pay PETA two hundred thousand dollars in legal fees. The people against the ethical treatment of animals, the uh, the, the people who you know don't want us to eat meat, uh, PETA, and so uh, anyway, this this woman two hundred thousand dollars in legal fees. Why she faked a chimp's death and a cremation? You said what now? Yeah, she, she's already paid two hundred thousand dollars in legal fees. She faked the death of a movie star chimp that had a role in a movie from the 1990s film. It, it was called uh, Buddy. Coop was in that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So a federal court ruled that this woman, Tanya, has to give uh, over $200,000, $225,000 in legal fees to the animal rights group because her tail and the chimpanzee that she was caring for, Tonka, had had died, was cremated, and all that. The the false death claim uh, was was relayed under oath. It resulted in PETA needing to bill for hundreds of attorney work hours that they claim cost thousands of dollars. And so PETA's like, you got to pay us that money. And it turns out that a judge in St. Louis is like, yeah, you got to pay this money. The moral is do not. Do not fake a story and have PETA investigate or you're going to be up shit creek and without without a paddle. So that's uh, that's unfortunate. 
It's unfortunate. Next up on the uh, Safari Kingdom, you see that story out of Colorado? A mountain lion attacking a dude in a hot tub. Oh, I saw this. Yeah, that is, uh, that's got to be everyone's nightmare. Is there, is there any way that that is not everyone's nightmare to be in a hot tub at a rental home? I guess you are relaxed when the accident happens. Yeah, so this mountain lion clawed at this dude. And he, he and his wife were just kind of hanging out and you know, having a good time. They rented this place and lounging in the, in the hot tub and out in the woods. And it's about eight o'clock. And this happened a couple of weeks ago in uh, Colorado. And the guy's like, hey, I, I felt so, I felt something grab, grab my head. And, and yeah. <laughs> they must have really been in a tranquil state, like with their eyes closed. Do you think the wife was like, oh, honey, your Viagra's kicking in? Slap me around a little bit. Wow. Isn't that, and, and the way this ended, they, the story is like the wife, Danny, grabbed the flashlight, points it towards the mountain lion. Yeah. The husband and the wife, they start screaming at the mountain lion. And then eventually the mountain lion's, all right, fuck you. And then, and then walks back into the into the woods. But here's the problem, man. At some point, you got to get out of the hot tub, right? And don't you think that mountain lion is still lurking off in the shadows in the woods waiting to pounce on you? Man. Talk about being a sitting duck. Hello. That's my duck. Uh, the, <laughs> the husband had four scratches, but it was all superficial on the top of his head and near his right eye. That could have taken the dude's right eye out. Yeah. Man, and uh, officers inspected the the wounds. They said they did match a, a mountain lion. Well, here's something from the insect world on Safari Kingdom because insects are part of the safari. Uh, female spiders, according to new research, play dead when they're having sex. Why do they play dead, Danny? You want to take a guess? They're not into their husbands. No, female spiders play dead during sex. So males don't have to worry about being eaten. Hello. Yeah. I mean, I've heard the stories about how they eat their their mate after the afterwards, right? Yeah, yeah. According to new research, the, the the female spiders play dead during sex, so the males are a little less worried that they might be eaten when the deed is done. Oh what are the chances? And that, in turn, makes it easier for the females to choose the best mates by playing dead for appealing to partners, fighting off uh, the uh, the scrubs. So, I, this, I don't know. You think they've they've gotten into the mind of spiders? You think so? I don't know. They, they claim they've researched it. They claim they've done their homework, and they've gotten to the bottom of it. Uh, this is an interesting story out of Australia. That's a knife. Have you seen the photo of the world's happiest cow, Danny? No. You have not? All nope. right. I'm going to send you this photo. If you're listening to the podcast, just imagine uh, what what this looks like. I'm going to – hold on a second. i got to click a couple of buttons here, and then I'm going to send this to you. And and then, Danny, you can describe exactly what's in in the photo. But this has been bouncing around social media for the last few days, it's it's in the echo chamber. See that? Oh, 
Yeah. What is what is that, Danny? It's got oh, that's crazy looking. Isn't that awesome? On the side, it's white. Racist. All through the middle of the cow. And on his side, it's a happy face. Yeah. It's the happiest cow around. The dark markings look like a smiley face. Yeah. So this happened earlier in the month of March. And that's freaky. Right? The 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 it's now become the mascot of a dairy in Australia. And they've they've they're gonna use this for different events, like in promotions and whatnot. And so that cow will live a wonderful life and not have to worry about anything. Everything's taken care of for that cow. It's uh, the world's happiest cow. And on the left side, it's got a smiley face, like a smiley emoji. So that's kind of cool. There you go. The the owners decided to sell him after being overwhelmed by media attention. Yeah, they're like, I think, I think we're uh, you're gonna make some uh, make some money on this. Why not? What the hell? Uh, all right, well, that's it. We'll get out on that. Anything you want to promote, Danny, on Friday, which is not April first. It is not. That was a false alarm. It is not April first. Yep, last day of March. You're done with your radio shift. I still need to go into mine this afternoon. Produce a fun Covino and Rich Friday show from two to four p.m. West Coast time outstanding enjoy that Cavino and rich they actually have stuff they give away on that show unlike our show we don't give any on my overnight show we don't have we don't have any budget we give nothing away but have a great where you give trips away well we do give that is correct we do give the the trip round trip to nowhere and we have a lifetime supply of nothing no uh and nobody else is giving those things away so that is true that is accurate uh anyway have a great rest of your day and you got a big podcast weekend all weekend long and we'll catch you next time Later, skater. Got a murder. Got to go. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help. Call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at, at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see See what music does to people. It gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Do you love Selena? Like, really love Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. 
And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon.